I'm Scott Abraham from ABC7 in Washington, D.C. You know who it is. Travis Thomas Experience. This is Eric Edholm of Yahoo Sports. This is Mitch Tischler. This is Al Galdi, and you're listening to The Big Douglas Show. Rhiannon Walker is my guest today from The Athletic D.C. Rhiannon, how are you? Everything is going. Things are getting busy and kind of crazy right now with the whole quarterback stuff, but it's another day, right? Wow. It's been a wild day so far. Quickly before we get into the uh, football team, I had the opportunity to talk to your colleague out in Seattle on Wednesday, Mike Dugard. We were talking about winter apparel. Uh, I thought they were called wheat Tims. Don't worry. I I told him he must not be from the East Coast because they're definitely butter Tims. So we got them all fixed up on that one. Hopefully we won't uh, make that mistake again. Oh, man. Uh, Those guys from the great Northwest don't know anything about Tims. That's unfortunate. They do not. Uh, one last thing about the holidays. Where do you stand on the diehard Edward Scissorhands type Christmas movies? Is it a Christmas movie that's set at Christmas time or must it have like a Christmas theme to it? I mean, it could be a Christmas theme. I, I love Christmas, so anything that revolves around like wintertime stuff, I mean, I'm not picky. So that's just that. If there's like purists out there, I mean, I said they're listening to Gucci Mane Christmas album, and I'm sure there are many of them that would say that's not real Christmas music. So maybe I'm not the right person to ask. Do, do, do you prefer shorts and, and flops or, or hoodies and Timbos? Uh, you know, Doug, I'm just going to say I, uh, there's a joke I want to make here, but uh, yeah, I don't, I don't do cold weather. I, uh, you won't see me outside in a, Anything sub 60 without a hoodie, more than likely a jacket. That just, uh, that's not really my thing. You know what I'm saying? So like. I do. I'm with you. Yeah. I, I, uh, yeah, I'm also anemic. So there's a couple factors going on it. Yeah. You will never see me out here in flip flops and shorts in the winter. That's not my thing at all. All right, on to the football team. The uh, injury report came out. It was a tough one today. What do we look like? Oh, well, they haven't they have not released today's uh, injury. Well, let me say this. They haven't put up the what's basically the copy of it, but Cole Holcomb has a concussion and Ron Rivera couldn't really get into that, which is unfortunate because Cole's been playing extremely well these last few weeks, since weeks since when he came back from that knee injury and everything else like that. So I'm trying to think right now off the top of my head, who's going to get those increased snaps. KPL's also been kind of injured. Kevin Pierre-Louis has also been pretty um, banged up. He got nicked in the game against uh, the 49ers as well, too. So I'm, I'm assuming you'll see a little bit more Sean Deon Hamilton this week as well. Um, John Bossa gets a lot of play. Thomas Davis as well, too. I imagine we'll get some reps uh, in this game against Seattle. Uh, but the big one, obviously, that we all know about is the fact that Alex Smith did not practice today, and he's not going to be a ghost. And that means Dwayne Haskins is going to be the starter for the first time since week four, um, which is – the thing is, I asked Ron about the um, the interaction that Alex and Dwayne had in Dallas where Dwayne ran over to pick up Alex. And one of the things that he talked about was that they wanted to get him some, fo- some football action. They really did want to see him play again. And so I don't think they wanted to see him play at the expense of Alex Smith, but they're going to get to see him play. And I think that that's actually imperative because we don't know what's going to happen with the quarterback room next year. Alex Smith is under contract for one more year, of course. But one of the things that he said going into the 49ers game is that he and his wife are going to have a conversation about 
what they as a collective want to do. Ultimately, when he does retire, whenever that is, he's going to retire out to the Bay Area. They have a house out there. That that's the place that they spend a lot of their time. That's where they really figure his home. Um, Dwayne Haskins is the only quarterback right now that's on the roster that is under contract. Kyle Allen, he had a one-year deal coming into um, D.C. when he was traded for the team. I think he'd be an exclusive rights free agent next year, if I remember correctly. I could be wrong, so don't quote me. But hmm. basically, long story short, if Dwayne Haskins plays well, gives some – hope like he did last year when he played against the Giants and we played against the Eagles extremely well had those four touches 300 four touchdowns 394 yards um the 121 pass rating in both those games or higher that gave them hope that they could work with them now with a true offseason who knows what he could potentially look like with a real preseason set of games but he has to go out against the Seattle Seahawks defense that does like to get after the quarterback that does create confusion it does like to create its turnovers and he has to play well so we shall see what he does in this game because it could be very indicative of what may or may not happen next year in the offseason and what this team really needs at certain spots. Yeah, because reality is if Seven comes out and has a good game, that's, I mean, that's exactly what the franchise needs, right? I mean, that helps them get to where they're trying to go faster if Seven is a, you know, a, a real option at quarterback, right? Well, yeah. I mean, if you don't have to worry about the quarterback position, then you can put your emphasis on maybe boosting the offensive line a little bit more. You can focus on maybe getting some more, maybe, maybe definitely getting some wide receiver help for Terry McLaurin. You've kind of seen these last few games that teams are trying to take him away. Now other people have stepped up. Um, you could look at getting another number two tight end. I mean, if you look at what Scott Turner's offense or even his father's offense likes to do, that two tight end set is something that is a real focal point there, getting somebody else in there that could serve as another pass catcher. I mean, I know Jeremy Sprinkle's been doing well in the blocking scheme, but you'd love somebody who has the ability to block and to receive coming out kind of like what Longley Thomas is doing, but as a compliment to him. Um, the running back group is set. The defense, you know, you look at a lot of the players that are there now, a lot of them are going to be back next year. So, I mean, really, if Dwayne Haskins shows any serious growth or that he has the potential to be the guy, that takes a weight off of this team's shoulders. Um, I certainly anticipate them bringing Kyle back. I don't definitively know that for a fact, but he said he wants to come back when he left uh, after his dislocated ankle. Um, and Alex Smith, of course, has the one year, and depending on what he wants to do, we just don't know just yet. But if quarterback is a little bit more set than where it currently is right now, this team can feel really good. You're already in first place in the NFC East. If you don't have to worry about quarterback, you don't have to worry about being, for, uh, you know, higher up in the NFL draft to, like, get a guy if, you know, Dwayne Haskins shows some stuff here. Um, and you could really just take your pick at that point in time. Again, your, your front seven is it's good for years to, to come down the line. But getting some weapons, some offensive players, you know, this team likes to draft defensive players. You have, I think, since 2015, we only have two players drafted in the first round who are on the offensive side of the ball, and that's Brandon Sheriff and that's Dwayne Haskins in 2019. But all the other players have been defensive line. Excuse me, I forget. Um, Josh Doxson, 2016. So three players out of the first round picks that they've had since 2015 have been offensive. But you'd like to see some infusion of uh, talent there on the offensive side of the ball to really help this team take the next step next year. We heard from Scott Turner when asked that they, he says they didn't necessarily open up the playbook when Haskins went out. I'd suggest they did open up the playbook. It looked much different. They've talked about tailoring the offense to Haskins. What do you think that ends up looking like? Hmm. He's a pocket passer, but he can move a little bit. So you might be able to roll him out a little bit, some flex some of the arm strength. I mean, one of the things Ron Vera has said consistently, Ken Zampezi, Scott Turner, is that he has an NFL arm. Okay, fair enough. 
So let's see if we can stress the ball a little bit. Let's see if you can maybe get them on the move. And again, it also has to play against what the Seattle Seahawks defense is going to give them as well, too. I mean, they can game plan whatever they want, but if the Seattle Seahawks come out with something that completely disrupts it, they're going to have to come up with something else on the fly. And I do have faith in the coaching staff to make those adjustments because we've seen week in and week out, this team knows how to make adjustments, especially in the second half of games. But um, I would think that they maybe get him moving a little bit. They try to get him comfortable with some short throws, like maybe some slants, maybe some hitches or something along those lines, just to work that out, just to get him a few completions. And then from there on out, I mean, you shoot, you see Alex Smith driving the ball down the field. I can't see why they maybe wouldn't allow Dwayne Haskins to do that, especially if he shows that he can protect the ball, if he can make some of those early completions, if the running game is kind of going the way that it needs to go. I can see them doing all those things. The running game most likely without Antonio Gibson again this week? More than likely. And it, it depends what Ron said, because I asked him, what do you look, what were you looking for basically when he was observing Antonio Gibson um, and how is it impactful to his status? Basically he's doubtful. We know that, but he's basically saying he may come out tomorrow, Saturday and say, I actually kind of feel good after that workout. And they may do a few more things just to test it. And he may be doubtful, but he may still find a way to play some way, somehow. If again, he feels good tomorrow after some of what he did today in practice, um, on that turf toe, but it's really contingent on how he feels the next day, more so than anything else. You mentioned the halftime adjustments, and I've been saying for a while now, this might be the best coaching unit that we've seen here in some time. Who makes, the, at least for the defensive halftime adjustments, does Ron just kind of oversee the operation and and Jack's making those halftime adjustments, or what goes into that, do you know? It's conversations. It's both sides of it. So obviously Jack explained to us that he can make recommendations, for instance, on certain players moving up. Like when Troy Apke was bumped down and they had a conversation about who they thought could be the next free safety, essentially. And they take that to Ron and Ron makes a decision from there. But ultimately it's the coach's decision. So the two of them are in constant communication. Of course, there are other coaches. You have Chris Harris, you have Sam Mills, the third. Um, if they're seeing something that maybe they could do, that's basically it is that there's an open line of communication between all the different levels on the coaching staff. And of course it all goes up to, does Ron think that that makes a good idea? Does Ron think that's a good idea? Does he, does he agree that what you all are suggesting will help this team, whatever the case may be um, anything along those lines, but it really is just communication throughout the game. I mean, Jax has said this so many times because I've asked him, so how do you get the second half defense to play in the first half. And he said, it's not like we're just making adjustments at the halftime. Like we just give this big speech. He's like, there's no big speech, like constantly talking throughout the game. And sometimes it just takes guys getting comfortable and set and whatever it is that we're asking them to do to, to really see the effects of the adjustment. But that's really what it is. It's just constant communication. There's no, I'm sure if Ron sees something and he has the thought in his head, he's going to relay it to Jack Del Rio or to any of the other people. But in terms of the people that are subordinates coming to him with something that they see, they're like, okay, like they're doing this thing. Like, I think we could take advantage of it doing this other thing. That's something that Ron has talked about constantly is that he didn't want to be the kind of head coach where, where people didn't feel like they could bring an idea to him, especially bringing in a guy like Jack Del Rio, who's a former head coach. That was part of the reason why is because they may see something that he didn't think of or that he didn't, you know, um, he didn't view as possibly working. They may bring it to him and he's like, all right, well, let's try it. He's a very open person from what he's explaining. Has Jack said whether he's interested in being a head coach again? Some of these guys find out that they're just better as coordinators. Do you think he'll be offered jobs? I mean, what do you, what do you think there? Has he mentioned that? He's not mentioned anything about going uh, anywhere as a new, as another head coach, but I mean, at one point or several weeks, he had one of the top def one of the top passing defense, one of the top five overall defenses, the run defenses in the top 10. 
yeah, I could see some teams being interested in him for sure, especially a team that's got some serious issues with off, uh, excuse me, with the defense. I mean, look at what he's done in Washington. This was a team that was not particularly good at communicating with the coach, the coaches. It was not good at making adjustments. Players did not feel like they were being utilized in the right way. They were out of position. And now suddenly there's none of those issues. Again, this is a top 10, top two, top one, whatever defense, depending on the category you're looking at. And there's none of that. Guys seem to know exactly where they need to be. Guys are getting after the quarterback. They're, I think it's tied for a second in sacks right now, if I remember correctly. Um, Reds and defense is number one. <sighs> yeah, I could see Jack Real getting some serious looks because look at what he did with this defense from what it was doing to what it's currently doing. Um, and especially with the help that they're getting from a lot of their rookies. I mean, we talk about Chase Young a ton, but Cameron Curl starting at strong safety and he's done well. He just had he, that interception return for a touchdown. Um, Kalik Hudson has been out there in the Steelers game. You have uh, guys like James Smith Williams who are getting reps. I mentioned the fact in press conferences that he had that key block for Cameron Curl's interception return for a touchdown. He was one of the, he had that key block that allowed him to get there for the distance. So they've got young guys playing extremely well um, and finally playing to their strengths, allowing them to do things that they thought that they were capable of doing. Um, coming out or, you know, whatever they were doing previously as a free agent. Brandon, you had tossed what I thought was a softball to Ron earlier in the week about the offseason moves that they'd made and maybe giving Kyle Smith a little love. He he was reluctant to do that. And fr- frankly, he wouldn't do it at all. It does, has that surprised you, his, his reluctance to give Kyle Smith a little credit for the uh, acquisitions they made in the offseason? No, I've asked, I've asked Ron so many questions about how they feel about their class and everything else like that. And he all talks about how great of a guy Kyle is and like how much they talk throughout the day and everything else like that. I really didn't, I didn't see it that way or anything else along those lines, to be frank with you. I mean, everything else he said would, I would suppose would counter that interaction. I don't, I don't know. He just said it was a team effort really is from what I remember the answer being specifically. So, I mean, I don't know. It was, it, to me, if anything, it felt like he maybe wanted to spread the wealth of like who all had helped build this team more than anything else. But he said so many good things about Kyle in the past and Kyle said so many good things about Ron that I just didn't see it that way. Okay. No, that's good. Um, Steven Montez, Tyler Henke, Henneke, which who's the backup doing him? Well, Steven Montez has been here the longest, but Tyler Henke is familiar with Scott Turner's system. And right now we don't definitively know who the backup is just yet. Okay. Uh, we finish every week with a little over under play real quick before you go. Mm, over under which, which category, I guess is my question. So let's, let's put 200 yards passing for Dwayne Haskins over under over. Let's put the receptions for Terry McLuhan at, Eight. He'll have, he'll have to average eight a game, I think, for the last uh, three to get over 100 receptions. So let's put it at eight. Seahawks has a pretty good secondary, actually. I'll say under. Let's put the touchdowns for Logan Thomas at two. Under. Let's put the sacks uh total for Washington at five. Can I say even on that one actually? Because the Seahawks offensive line, they got three starters kind of down right now. So the line's trash for sure. 
I mean, their left tackle, Dwayne Brown, is didn't practice yesterday. Um, Mike Pontius, yes, I can't pronounce his last name. I feel bad. Um, the starting left guard didn't practice. And then Brandon Shell, the right tackle, didn't practice yesterday. So I, I've seen this defensive line do terrible things to other offensive lines that have had starters and had some injuries. I'm really I want to sit at five. I want to go over or under. Chris Carson's been playing well. He's averaging over five yards a carry, I think. Let's mm -hmm. put uh, rushing yards for the Seahawks at 100. Under. All right, Renan, what do we got to do to pull a win out? You want to venture a guess for the score here on Sunday? Uh, in my story, I said 24-20 because Washington does not lose to this team by much ever. It like they just don't lose to this team much like in terms of points. And then Ron Rivera, I just talked about this. They've in Seattle, Carolina played each other eight times and Rivera's teams only got blown out in two of them. Unless they blown out two touchdowns or more, all the other games were a touchdown or less. So I say 24, 20 and I say Washington wins. And I think Washington wins because even if Seattle starters play, if they're not completely healthy, again, we have seen, too many times this season what this defensive line at full strength can do um, to other opposing offensive lines. I think they just wreak havoc on Russell Wilson. I think that they get those five sacks. I think they maybe force either a really bad throw or they force a fumble some way somehow, but they do something where they create a big turnover. Either they score off the turnover or it creates a situation where the offense can score very quickly and or it seals the game for the team. It's one of those three scenarios that I have in my head. It's really incredible that when Ron was talking to us about playoffs a month and a half ago, it was all but laughable. Here we are. They look great. It's a fun team to watch. They're easy to root for. Uh, so I hope you're right on Sunday. What do you got coming up on The Athletic this week? Anything? Uh, I have one fun story next week, uh, but I can't talk about that one only because I really need to keep that one sealed, but it's fun. I'm pretty excited about that. Of course, I have whatever game feature I have to come out of this story. And I've already written about, I wrote today about what Dwayne Haskins was doing behind the scenes to get to this point. And of course, now they've named him as a starter. So my story is more relevant and we'd love mm -hmm. to see that. Um, I also just want to point out, Douglas, that I was laughed at when I said this team could possibly win seven games. And I know most people don't remember, but I have a long memory. I remember this. And now I'm sitting here with this team at six and seven honestly thinking about how if they had just beaten the Giants once or the Lions I could have been right not saying anybody I told you so because they haven't won seven games yet but it wasn't crazy I was not insane just pointing it out there for the folks at home who don't remember that they said these things let them know uh, are you guys still doing the one dollar a month subscriptions at the athletic we have a deal coming up for Christmas don't you worry my friend we got some deals coming up we always do something for the holidays and we, it's a holiday cheer remember great red and thank you so much for giving us some time today this was great no problem doug thank you for having me on and thank you for doing this on the fly i really appreciate that because today has gone everywhere yep thank you so much Rannon. no problem